And we're live. All right. Welcome back, people. We're glad you joined us again. So, <clears throat> hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. The podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to let our guest, Mr. Lynn Berry, introduce himself. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are, Lynn? Oh, um, a little bit. Well, okay. I got a better shortened list down to... Uh, um... I've always loved science fiction and fantasy and um, crazy things and weird animals. And I've said, you know, maybe I should try writing something. So I tried writing something and it turned out that uh, my mom looked at it and said, yeah, this is pretty good. And then about a year later was first grade. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I just kind of kept with it from there. Um, fell okay. in love with Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to continue from first grade onward. I mean, that's a, that's an epic you went journey. First grade to now, magic. Yeah, first grade to now, magic. Uh, I mean, I was you know, down with you for that epic journey. Well, epic journey. Well, you know, that, that's kind of like the prologue part, where where you have that inciting thing, and you have to skip forward to get to the more interesting parts of the story, and then you can fill in the rest later. Uh, so what you're saying is there might be a prequel story coming out sometime soon. I think there's always a prequel story about to come out, especially when it comes to me. <laughs> you could be talking long enough and I'll start telling you random stories about everything from, uh, you know, kindergarten, you know, as we mentioned, all the way up to, you know, yesterday. So but he's like you, you there. But will you remember why, why you went into the kitchen? Now, that's the trick question. Well... I mean, it depends on what day. <laughs> I, I resemble that remark since I had stuff in the oven when I turned it on to preheat today. Oops. What was in the oven? Croissants. Hope, always well, hopefully... when, you're, when that little voice in your head says, uh, check the oven, you should always listen to it. Scribble that it's down in your sure. notebook, people. All right. So the next part of the introduction, dear listeners, how we found the guests. So this is one of those episodes since Doc handles the scheduling for us. And she said, be here or be square. Was it be there or be square? Whatever that expression is, I butchered it. But yeah, you got the, the gist. Doc bossed me around and here I am. So Doc, how did you first find the one, the only Mr. Lynn Berry? Um, kind of two ways. So Len and I have met and known each other through Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. And then also... Uh, I don't know if he realized I did the podcast. Michael J. Allen, who we've had on, was like, hey, go do this podcast with Seska. And, and Len was bold and brave because he knows the craziness because he's seen me live and in person. Still, he felt about coming on. So if, if he feels abused, he brought it on himself. Gotcha. No, I'm just saying that, you know, he, he had warning. I, I have layers on so I can hide the bruises. It's fine. See, you know, we know what's It's like he has about. heard about us. And the emotional scarring, it'll fade in time. And the only scar are co hosts. This is true. So, wow, I Doc, that with a straight face. Are you ready to ask the religion questions? Yes, I am. So, Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly? Uh, if I have to only pick one, I'm picking Star Wars. If you weren't only picking one, what would you pick? Star, Star Wars, Wars is the right Star Trek. Okay. All right. So why why wasn't uh, Firefly on the list? Clearly, it was it's the most epic. Um, because classic. all right. So here's the weird thing. I consider myself a former brown coat. Um, I love Firefly, and then I saw the movie Serenity, and my love for Firefly kind of went. Um, I'm not sure anymore. So you can go back because everybody tells me once you go brown, you can't go back. I don't think that's what they were talking about, Seska, but we're going to move on. Um, I'm now, I now, I will say after that, I, I did gain a fandom of Chiwetel Ejiofor, who played the operative. So I wouldn't say it was up to the level of Star Wars or Star Trek, but, you know. That is fair. Okay. So, because we are polytheistic here. Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, or The Wheel of Time? Um, 
I'm probably supposed to say Game of Thrones just because George Martin writes lore for video games from Fun Software and I'm highly influenced by them, but I would actually probably say my heart really says Lord of the Rings. That's fine. I think even J.R. Martin would say Lord of the Rings. I'm sure he would. I mean, there was that epic rap, rap battle between him and J.R.R. Tolkien. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he lost. He did because he didn't finish the series. And Tolkien well, has. So there's that. At this point, my theory, my fan theory is that he will not finish this theory series. He enjoys the attention and he will publish it postmortem. He has been writing a prequel, I hear, to the to the um, That's not, series. JR. Prequel <laughs> is not finished. No. I know because he's avoiding it. I think maybe he I know. that's part of my that's that's evidence proving my theory. Or it proves that he wrote himself into a corner and he doesn't know what the heck to do. I don't know. I we do know that the movie, the, the the HBO series, fan tested some some very bad endings. So he's not going to do that, right? Yes. yes no. I, I had many evil people looking at me after I posted after the finale. Thank you for testing these theories for us. <laughs> You're mean and evil, and I went, "Yes, I am." I, I loved his post that came up on his website the day after. It was just kind of like, yeah, that's the ending. Or maybe it's not. Or, you know, thanks for watching. And if you didn't like it, uh, stay tuned for the book because maybe I'll have it different. It was a very interesting, you know, I didn't, none of those are exact quotes, but it was just a wonderful description of, okay, I think it was his get out of jail for card. You yeah. know. I mean, how many times can an author like test the test the waters for an ending and go, "Oops, no, the fans aren't going to like that." I, st- I I still have time to fix that. Uh, I know of one saying, case. See, I'm just thinking maybe Brandon Sanderson is going to be the guy to write the end for us. Well, you know, Never if he's got to. He's got to. Could be Kevin J. Anderson. It could. I mean, they're contemporaries. You think one's going to outlive the other? Yes, we're going to put that's kind of morbid. I'm yeah. not allowed. <laughs> I don't we'll move know. on. We'll move on. We don't want to scar our people. Anyways, so what was your first love, though? Sci-fi or fantasy? Uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Because, you know, I like, I like, honestly, my brain keeps trying to say, I should be doing more sci-fi. There needs to be more sci-fi in the world. But here's a new fantasy idea. <laughs> And I keep saying, more sci-fi, more sci-fi, more sci-fi. So when I approach fantasy, it's almost from a sci-fi bent. I can understand that. What's your first memory engaging in speculative fiction, though? Uh, um, Yeah, there's like three different ways I can answer that. Um... I mean, there, there's the Star Wars answer where, you know, first movie I saw in the theater when I was one was Empire Strikes Back. Uh, feel free to date me there. Uh, there's also seeing the poster for Dune when I was in kinder. No, I was in first grade. The, the Dune movie, that is. And saying, I should see that and not getting to for another 15 years. You know... That is not a first grade friendly movie. No, and it was really good. I had to wait 15 years because I was so not ready. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely one of those moments where it's like, oh. yeah. Um, I would always uh, take up reading, you know, the, the weirdest, craziest thing I could find that was accessible to a kid. I mean, I was reading all the little choose your own adventure and you know my teacher is an alien and kind of things of of the 80s um i can't remember what the, i remember the the cover that the teacher is an alien where the teacher's like pulling off the human face and there's like i remember i remember yeah i think i remember that book yeah i'm trying to remember the exact title of it but but i didn't like to read in the 80s so what I'm dyslexic. I came to reading later in life and mm. I came to reading and I went straight from reading like the stuff I had to, to my mother giving me 
an Anne McCaffrey book, and then it was like deep dive science fiction. <laughs> ADHDs, we do that. <laughs> I just Fair haven't enough. come out for air yet. It's one day you'll slow down. One day. I did for a while. It's called basic training. Yeah. I mean, we got to read the soldier's manual, so that's something. You know what? Some of that did seem very sci-fi, like the delusions of that. That's how the army works. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, so I'm glad, glad we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> Although so, I don't know what that says about both of us. We might be in trouble. So what is it, though, that you really love about the speculative fiction genre? Because you uh, love it. Well, I better love it, else uh, I'm in the wrong place. Uh, I love it because anything can happen. But at the same time, we can say anything we want about the about the current world and get away with it. You can. <laughs> so um, that is that is the beauty of of all of speculative fiction writ large is you can you can um, think about ideas in a way that is, I guess, in some way safer to yeah. think about because it's not it's not you're not accusing <gasps> anyone. You hush, Elvis. Uh, so how, how did your love of he, he likes science fiction too how did your love of speculative fiction as a genre transition into you writing stories in that space um i never really stopped having an active imagination you know kids have imaginations and uh, mine never turned off i just started going to more and more places and ended up in weird crazy corners and now people say where did you come up with that? Were you abused? I'm like, I don't know. And no, I was not abused. <laughs> Sorry, Elvis is wanting to weigh in his opinion. Uh, no. He doesn't think you were abused either. So you're good. All no. right, cool. I I'm laughing because I remember oh. a friend once telling me that her daughter was starting to write horror and it really freaked her out. And she goes, they're going to think I did something to my kid. I mean, it can be scary when a kid does it because I've heard of school systems like calling CPS on parents when the kids. Wrote yeah, that. the kid was a teenager. I think it was more just a case of the the you know, the case of the mom perspective of they're always the kid. Yeah, yeah, that happens. So, I mean, if, I went to high school more recently than her. I looked at her and I went, "High school is kind of scary all on its own." Fair. Yeah. Fair. So many authors let their own real life experiences sort of influence the story they tell. So were there any specific formidable moments that you think shape you as a storyteller? Uh, you know, I would always go and well, still do it. Uh, I would go kind of like wandering around nature walks, trail walks, that kind of thing. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I lived on a dirt road, so I'd go wandering off at all kinds of places. And you know, a lot of that keeps crawling into my work, sci-fi or fantasy. It's character inevitably will end up in some weird or different forest or crazy road or just off in the land of crazy imagination that's just around the corner. Okay. That's a, that's a good place to be. I think there's something lost in a society when people spend too much fun looking time looking at technology and not enough time just sitting in quiet and using their imagination. Yeah. So you know, I've so, done that other part too, where I use my phone way too much when I get on those trails and eventually have to say, show it in your pocket, Lynn. Well, I mean, uh, I can listen to a podcast. Thing but... to do to my friends when they're camping or like at SEA events or conventions is go... Like everybody else will be like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, why are you on your phone? <laughs> I, I can dig it though. Get it. <laughs> Somebody needs the, we all need that reminder to kind of be in that moment. Because mm -hmm. that moment won't come again. Right. But do you use your con director voice when you say that? Or do you use your mom voice? I use the correct voice. Sometimes <laughs> okay. I kind of the same voice. Okay. <laughs> Good answer. Um, but switching into fandom questions, because you and I met via fandom. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of fun to ask. But have you had any cool fan art or somebody cosplay one of your characters yet? Uh, I have not had fan art of my characters or cosplay of them, but I've had somebody send me fan art of me. Of you? Of me. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, um, 
I, uh, I was sent over Chris, you know, over the holidays, uh, I was sent a card from, uh, an online pen pal, uh, from Singapore and they drew a picture of me, my little mascot doll and, and their little mascot as kind of like, like having the holidays together. That's sweet. Yeah. It was wonderful. So, so what is this mascot doll of yours? It is uh, Akito the Red Panda. Oh. He, he's he's about um well here I'll 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 show you and cuz he's in arm's reach. This is Akito. So cute. I, okay. I found him at Dragon Con uh two and a half years ago. So he's just become your good luck totem. That he's my mascot. He goes on the Instagram and uh, has adventures and uh, tries to sell books for me. And sometimes he does. I'll take it. Yeah. Does he get Does he get a paycheck? Can uh, you claim I on your taxes? I I pay him in uh, snacks, especially uh, apples okay. and air conditioning. Yeah, like it cold. Well, he he yeah, they really like it cold. Can you deduct him from your taxes? Now, that's the important um, question. I tried Not deducting yet. you this year and it didn't work. <laughs> Dang that I'm IRS. Working, I'm working on a plan, though. I haven't told anybody about yet that eventually I will be able to deduct, deduct him on the deducts his things on the taxes. We're getting there. Nice. Okay. You'll have to tell us your secrets later offline. <laughs> yes. For a friend. Yeah. Or so, friend. Has anyone asked you for your autograph yet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a friend. He actually wants my autograph so much and so often that he might get a digital copy of a book, but he will always find a, uh, a print copy of it just so he can stick it in my hand and, and say, will you sign this, please? That's awesome. Uh, we all need that friend. He even hunted down an art book that I thought every copy of it in the world was in the back room. That I every copy I hadn't sold was in the back room, and he pops up with one out of the blue like two, three months ago. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, I'll gladly sign that too. Cool, thanks. That's awesome. So. What was it like the first time someone asked you to sign a book? Um, I think the first real time that it happened. Uh, again, Dragon Con. Um, <laughs> I just had my first short story published, and it was the, the only way I was going to get copies if I went there and, and grabbed a few from, from the small press that did it. And they had gone there. He, my friend, well, a couple of my friends who I was with went there they got hardcover copies and they were just kind of hanging out back in the days when dragon con didn't have the super huge attendance. So they still had couches. <laughs> Those were a long time ago. Yeah. A few years back. Um, so I just kind of chilled on one of the couches that was available and they're like, Oh, hold on a second, Len. And one reaches out and it's like, Hey, want to sign a book? <laughs> That's awesome, though. That really is. Yes, it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> JR, you re- sound lost. No, no, I'm just thinking, like, hopefully he at least spelled his name right. Well, I know I did. I'm just, somebody else might have been so excited for their first one that they forgot how to sign their name in cursive. Uh, no, I didn't forget because... One of the things I do is the classic trick of, all right, tell me how to spell your name. No, 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 no. You're missing the hint. JR forgot how to spell his name. Oh. Because. And people wonder why I call him brain damaged. But, but I mean, how often, like, I don't write in cursive. I type everything up when I do anything. Like, I take my notes in, like, regular print. Like, I never really used cursive. 
I remember when I was in high school, I applied for a Marine ROTC scholarship and the hardest part of the application wasn't writing their dinky little essay. It was figuring out how to write once I wrote it in cursive. Now they did the cursive writing. So one, they could know you could write in cursive and make sure you didn't cheat. So you at least had to take the time to figure out how to translate it from, from print to, to cursive. I spent yep. more time practicing the damn cursive. I mean, danged cursive than I did writing the stupid essay. <laughs> I, that, that's been like the bane of my existence. And everyone's like, oh no, it's so much quicker to write. No, it's not. No, it's not. Can be. It doesn't For everyone mean it's legible. <laughs> yes, Jader forgot how to spell his name. But it's well, sweet that Len's giving you the benefit of the doubt. Because <laughs> they kind of blur together when like the L and the E and the Y and cursive, they kind of blend together a little bit. JR, just go with it. JR, Doc, just go with it. JR, just stop. Just go with you it. didn't just, just do a little here. scribble. Well, I tried to make it so they could read my name, which was the wrong thing to do when you're spelling it wrong. I had to buy another <laughs> book so I could give him one spelled right. <laughs> and he wanted to keep the misspelled one, too, because he thought it was hilarious. It is hilarious. It is hilarious. So if and I ever, like, strike it big and, like, you know, after I die, he's going to sell that misspelled name. Like, the first signature he ever get when he was so befuddled he spelled his name wrong. First, you got to make it big, though, for that to matter. Right. JR. This is why you're brain damaged. <laughs> or, or maybe it's a symptom of the brain damage. But other than that, I had a blast in Iraq. <laughs> okay. So, nice. what was your weirdest or funniest fan interaction so far? Clearly, it's this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's pretty high up there. Um, <laughs> it's pretty high up there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's irreverent enough. We get to let him come back, Doc. He's fun. Good find. All right, good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, where where else am I going to get to have the discussion about uh, but you know, fun with misspelling names? I mean, that that's I, I I'm I'm geeky enough of... with words that that that's just my jam. So yeah. So this yeah. this could be number one for the moment, sure. Sure, and okay, if you want to give him something, fan even... needs to reach out and top us, please. Yes, like just send him a letter, <laughs> sign up for his newsletter so you get his email and just do the things, people, so he doesn't tell everyone about this later. <laughs> or I'll just tell everybody about it later anyway. He can share it and go, come listen to the weirdest thing that happened to me lately. Yeah, sadly, sadly. All right, so this is where we talk about everything you have written, Mr. Lindberry. So what is the Reader's Digest version of your body of work? Can you give us the, uh, the highlight reel? The highlight reel is uh, I write stories that are about weird, crazy places and people who are, at, to quote a friend of mine, inherently screwed. Uh, that's and, a good tagline. You should you should use that on your, your ad copy. I, I should. Instead, I'm talking about watching anime and red pandas and philosophy. Yeah, yeah that's better. I mean, philosophy is fun, but... I mean, that, that was punchy and to the point. I like it. Yeah, I'll have to remember right. that one. All right. So so is um, how many books have you written? Like, what what, uh, what are you known for? Yeah, what am I known for or how many have I written? Those are two very different questions. How many can fans go and find? How many can yes. fans go and find? I like that one. Uh, they can go find. Let's see. They can find... Um, I've got a few shorts out there. I've got a few magazines out there. I've got a dystopian fiction out there, and I've got Scars of Shadow out there. Um, I'm working on Patreon right now with uh, a draft version of a big sci-fi epic that part of that is to develop the uh, editorial fund for it. And hopefully in a... Once I get it done with the patrons, then I'll, I'll have a cleaned up version of that one to go out widely into the world while I work on number two. Okay. So that all sounds fascinating, but today we brought you here to talk about Scars of Shadow. So where did you get the premise for this story in the universe in which it lies? How'd you come up with the idea? Um, well, I, I saw a call for a... I forget what magazine it was more years ago than I care to admit that was wanting a serial you know, concepts for a serial. 
It's like, hey, we want a 12-part serial. Okay. And it was a dark fantasy thing. And like, all right, cool. What can I come up with? And I'd already been tooling with this short fiction bit that was my love letter to Dark Souls. And it was around the same it's time. A lot that the, of love. Oh, it's a lot of love. It's a lot of love. Dark Souls is a very difficult game. Yeah, but it's all about, you know, determination and overcoming, you know, hurdles. And that just seems like the story of my life. About listening to my brother scream profanities at the screen while I giggle. And they've been Wait, that's a game? I thought he was like saying Dark Souls as in people that were twisted in the head. No, it's a well, game. Well, it's that too, but it's a game. And it um, is very Dark Soul twisted. I'm like thinking you're watching like serial killer dramas or something and, you know. No, oh, no, no. It, it's all about, hey, you, you know, you. the idea in those games is you're a nobody, but you're the chosen undead. And you're undead because, well, all the living people for the most part are already dead. So it's just the cursed people that are left. And every time that you get killed, you come back. But you're a little bit closer to insanity. It is. I, my brothers have told me it's one of the hardest games they've ever played. I mean, it takes it. It takes a, a a bold marketing campaign to just say on the back of the box, "Prepare to die" in big red letters. I mean, it's it's possible. and you will a lot. Okay. I mean, if you've seen the meme out there of Legend of Zelda and Link running around, and they end up in a in a in a cemetery, and their skeletons there is nothing and skewered about Dark Souls, oh, other man. than listen, other than the amount of neurological psychosis that have come out of it, the players. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing cute about it. So you think psychosis is crazy and cute? I think I, video game induced I, is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so I took that and then I added in, I said, okay, let's take the movie Prometheus and dump it on top. Because that sounded safe. Oh, yeah. And then you set it in a fantasy world. Right. Because why not? Because yeah. why not? All right. So before we uh, dive into the book itself, because that's, a, that's a, <laughs> a lot to think about, and we're going to leave people a minute if they want to run to the, you know, the holy water and bless themselves or something, whatever you do, people. And we're going to take a moment where we're going to shamelessly shill for the man. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions, or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War III. Available now from Bain Books at BaneBooks.com. Um, All right. Well, thank you for sticking with us through that commercial interlude. Uh, you, we are back with uh, the one, the only Mr. Lynn Barry. And um, so now um, let's look at this cover art. Can you tell us the story of this epic piece of modern art? Well, um, so initially when I did the story, I did my own drawing for it for each individual installment. But I knew when I compiled it together, I was going to need something better. So I went looking and I got in contact with Phoenix Cover Designs. And Alexandra over there, she came up with this. Um, you know, I, I batted some ideas back and forth with her. Uh, she showed me her mood board. I, I said some things I was thinking. I showed her the, the art that I had previously for the installments. And she came up with a draft version of this. Not even this version, but the draft version. I was like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. And she's like, all right, tell me what I need to fix about it. And I'm like, um. So a few weeks later, we, we had some discussions. And uh, I showed some of uh, close friends the draft version. And got some feedback on that. and. Uh, with that feedback, uh, Alexandra, uh, you know, popped this version in. Like, originally the font was uh, gold and it didn't have any blemishes. 
those blemishes are individually drawn blood stains. That's how much detail there is in this piece of art. I, I will say I believe that the uh, the font of your your typography is what sells the story for the kind of horrific element you put in there. I really liked that. I like the grayscale. It definitely sets a somber mood. So I yeah. think I think your cover did everything it was supposed to. So I have only been able to find the one that you show uh, you sh the new one that you share on your um, Facebook page, which we'll link to in the show notes. But does this have a wraparound where it continues that image? Uh, well. The wraparound is more of a mirror, um, because the, the, uh, the, the paperback version has kind of a mirror text wraparound version. Um, so it's not so much a continuation, but it's like the same image, except, uh, you know, not having Serena there. So just like the monsters and, and more of the wall. Okay. That's kind of it I really paper. love it, because for one... If you're watching, if the listeners are watching this on YouTube, if you look, like, the more, longer you look at this cover, the more details come out. Like, the hands reaching out, and it's just really awesome. Hold on, Doc. While you're talking about hands, I'm zooming in so you can see the hands and grabbing hands, the type. I'm just going to say this one. She did an amazing job, and hands are one of the hardest things to draw. Yeah. And no, it's but, but, one of the things that I see people miss mess up the most oh you even got the irises in there oh that's, yeah that's really really detailed yeah she 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 put together a, a lot of a lot of assets to really make it work um she even took the which is uh, good the, because the devil is in the detail oh so yeah are the fans <laughs> yes uh she even nailed the the hairstyle that i had in the original drawings uh and I didn't even realize that until the, the second go around of looking at it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually the hairstyle that she had. But that was because she had more light contrast in, in this version. So. I, I really like it. I like all the details. I, I like that because I was able to find that high res image. You can zoom in to all. I mean, the fact that you even got the, eye, the eyes right, which is kind of amazing. So I might uh, hit you up for her for her contact information when I need a new cover. But um, But yeah, I really did. I really did like that cover. So you mentioned that you drew your own cover for the earlier drafts uh, when it came in installments. So what's the story of this installment? Uh, well, like I said, the uh, you know I got the idea initially to do it uh, as serial. That was taking you know, submissions for it, and while they passed on it, I said, "Well, I have this idea that I want to write, so I better write it." And it. That was the first time I really tried anything with Patreon. And I figured, well, I got to have something to catch attention for, you know, it's kind of like a preface of what's going on, you know, because I read enough comic books. You don't, you don't sell a comic book without a cover on it. Uh, not typically. Not, not typically. So that was kind of my idea behind it. And the, like the initial cover that i had for for the first installment scars of shadow um because that's what the first installment is called even even in the compiled version you know this this version <laughs> uh that it's it's still in there um but i take i took that image and i use it as my uh if you were to ever see my profile on on instagram that's that's the image that i'm using so it's this it's a more book accurate version of the wall that sarina encounters and kind of landscape underneath. Um, and then there's just a tiny little figure of, of her, you know, at the, at the bottom of it. And I, because the first thing that happens is she encounters this crazy wall that's bleeding. Walls aren't supposed to do that. Details. Details. I like it. Yeah. Um, is this one out in audiobook yet? Not yet. Uh, that that is a that is a long term plan and goal, but uh, I'm working on it. Okay. So moving on to the book itself, what would your thirty second elevator pitch be for this novel? Uh, a. I gotta remember what it is now. <laughs> Somebody asked me for it the other day, so I kind of got sticker shock on it. Uh, a uh, cursed witch is wandering for 
solution to how to fix a broken world. And in her travels, she comes across a, a bleeding, an impossibly bleeding wall, and then is tormented by a community of those who feel like she's the cause. That's problematic if they're attacking the person trying to save them. Well, that's how it always goes, right? You're the villain until you're the hero. Yeah. So what is it that makes this series special? Because this is a series, right? It, it's it's a series in the sense that there there's a setting, and I tell different stories in the setting. Okay. Um, I did write down a uh, a few lines just earlier today about what I could do for another one because I've been trying to think of uh, the of the next story I wanted to do with this setting that I haven't worked on yet, and uh, it would be going to uh, one of Serena's friends who's who actually has a few scenes um, also in, in this story. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm very much one of you can find hope even in darkness. Mm-hmm. So if you can break the whole world and still find hope, that's that, that's, that takes a lot of willpower and a lot of faith in internal self-reliance kind of faith to overcome. Um, so I, I guess it's the reason why I like the Dark Souls stuff. It's the reason why I like most uh, things like Berserk, anything on the grim dark line of it. Um, but that you know, like I said earlier, you know, it it, it was kind of born out of a, a love letter to to Dark Souls. I mean, it, my my uh, uh, dedication page is even uh, a reference to to those video games. So it's. It's kind of like, hey, if, if you like this sort of thing, I liked it well enough that I felt like I had to write a story. If you like it well enough, you want to read something, let's have fun. No, I think and, it's great. Yeah. Fun in the sense of, hey, let's let's go on some uh, nihilistic, self-destructive adventures and try to find ourselves in the process. Aren't those the best kind? Yeah. I think they're the only kind JR does. <laughs> yeah. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. So, which tropes do you really think uh, Scars of Shadows hits on the best? Or did you take and twist? Um, I, 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 I take and twist things. Um, you know, I, 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 I'll admit that these, uh, these witches were kind of born when I was uh, uh, taking my, my play through the second video game. I was like, hey, the, this, this, like, dark Kind, not quite dark magic using kind of character seems neat uh how, how can i write more with that how, how can i do something with that because you know a lot of people take gaming as an escape i take gaming as okay now i have something to write about <laughs> i get the creative engines flowing and now that they're flowing um here we are um so i a character really kind of grabs me and they slap me around and say, write my story. Yeah. So this was a case of, of a character saying, write my story. Do you always do what the voices in your head tell you to do? No. Okay. Just I checking. Think that's the legal answer we have to always say. No. That and I've learned which ones to tell no to. Well, I mean, one of my favorite stories came from Anne McCaffrey, uh, the Master Harper Pern novel, you know, and she was like, literally, the character just wouldn't leave me alone until I wrote it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that you're following in greatness with that answer. Yeah. Um, so, JR loves to ask, have me ask about subgenres because he thinks they're a thing. Uh, but what is, where does, do you feel see this story fitting in sub the subgenres? I mean, it's definitely grim dark. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? But it's not lit RPG, even though it's no. very an homage to a game game in a way. It's it's a it's it's adjacent to that, but it's not portal fantasy in the least. So automatically off lit RPG. Um, I know so, it's sad, but. Um, no set game progression, so I can't even claim cultivation. 
Uh, no, it sounds like it's very, it's like a grim, dark version of classic fantasy in a good way. That I'll take that. I will so. take that because that's usually what I'm trying to do. I, I take, I take all sorts of inspirations here and there and from right, different writers in different places. Uh, a couple of them are not even speculative, uh, but it's, it's not me trying to do anything the normal way. Um, because if I did everything normal, I, I can't do anything. The normal way. I have to do it the hard way. It's okay. You're doing it the right way for you. Yeah. <laughs> See, if people said I had that. no social skills. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's because they were right, but but you know, I, I mean, yeah, on. they they totally were. Um, interacting with others is still social, even if they scream in terror at the end. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I know why you invited him. <laughs> <laughs> so, because he takes my side, I bet he even likes pineapple on his pizza. I've no, had it once. He seems like a really good guy. I don't think he would do that to us. No, it's not to us. It's just to you. So, but now onto the story itself. So, you can you tell us a bit more about the main character and what makes them unique? Uh, Serena is a member of. Uh... They're, they're called witches. They're this kind of like this order. They're they're trying to hold the world together. Uh, they used to be kind of like the, oh, um, you kind of call them like the Avengers of their fantasy realm. And well, now these curses are running around, and you know people don't stay dead. That is and pesky. what's that? That's pesky. That's pesky, and because of that, the world is slowly decaying, and um, her order is broken. They went and hid in the clouds, and she's stuck on the ground, wandering around. Where are my friends? Um, and while she's wandering around looking for her friends and trying to do her job and fix the world, you know, people are saying, hey, uh, yep, she's cursed. Throw her in that nasty pit over there, and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just let time at her go crazy and decompose over and over. Do you and ever say, do you ever say what happens to the witches that abandoned her? Um, some of them. Oh, my. That's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's my, uh, yes. And not everything. So I can say more later. <laughs> that's fair. I'll, I'll give you a pass. Okay, good. only because Doc likes you. Okay, good. I do like him. He's a good guy. So, were there any uh, secondary characters who were memorable? Does she have like anybody that she deals with? That oh doesn't... yeah, there there are plenty. There is this uh, priest that uh, that she runs into in this little makeshift village early on, who's got this blue mohawk hair. And he's not cursed. And, you know, he goes from having to be town priest of Gitter into, well, I'm coming along with you for the journey, even though if I die, I'm just dead. And I wasn't even planning for him to come along. And surprise, he said, hey, I'm on this journey, too. So, so you did do what the voices in your head tell you to do. Sort of. Not all of them. Not all of them. Just the I know which ones, ones to ignore. <laughs> I can see that standing up in court. <laughs> That's the laugh of somebody who never ignores the voice in his head. Never. <laughs> but Doc, you weren't supposed to tell people that. Oh, I'm sorry. Not. <laughs> All right. It just depends on which voice is the loudest. It's okay, JR. Your mom said this was a good day. I could be mean to you again. You're fired. <laughs> I'm going to take your pay. Um, <laughs> You know, might be looking for a new host, so we might be hiring Len. Who knows? But uh, did you already I have ask... podcasted before? Well, there you go, Doc. You're in trouble now. Um, but have you podcasted sober? Because we don't. Well, never mind. Bad joke. We do we'll do sober. I know. I was going to make fun of you, but anyway, 
So do you have any, did you already ask him about secondary characters? You made fun of me and you discombobulated me. I didn't ask him about the secondary Okay, characters. so does your story have bad... Now. What was that, Doc? You broke up. I said, who's off now? I'm blaming you. I don't know how. Give me a minute and I'll make it your fault. So what about the bad guys? Without obviously any spoilers, besides whatever is making the wall weep blood... Does the story have any bad guys in it that um, your main character has to? I think Serena, you said her name was. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's, there's, uh, there's one that keeps popping up. Uh, he's called the emissary, and he's, uh, he, he's very much. Oh, look! It's what a person would look like if H.R. Giger was God. Ooh. Yeah. Not good. No, not good. <laughs> he's a happy person. He likes I visiting so. villages full of crazy people. I mean, aren't all of the villages full of crazy people? Well, especially here they are. Exactly. All right. And I won't even ask what state you're podcasting from because we don't want your neighbors to get mad at you when they hear that answer. <laughs> but um, speaking of characters, you sound like you did some horrific things to your things to your characters. So if they met you in a back alley and they knew you were Lynn Berry, creator of their torment, how do you think you'd fare? Uh, I'm dead. No, no, I'm not dead. No, because killing me would be too easy. They would torture me and torture me. And the moment I look like I'm going to die, they're going to let me heal. Because that's, yeah. I, I had a friend once who's like, oh, I'd love to spend this kind of time with my characters and that kind of time with my characters. What about you, Len? My characters would want to kill me or worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're writing action adventure books, mostly you've tormented them to the point where, yeah, you wouldn't do well. Yeah, I just write scenes where I, I give the characters so much PTSD to the point to where, okay, that breaks the entire story. Scale it back one degree. <laughs> I hope you have a good therapist. So <laughs> speaking of... Uh, right for therapy, you know. Right. That works too. Exactly. So speaking of characters, when you write, do you have a favorite archetype? Um no, I just kind of I just kind of let the characters talk to me. Yeah. I know it's that listening to voices again. Um I I end up I I I have never written two stories the same way. It's just usually like, okay, uh, I'm going to work on this, and it's going to have these elements, and they're like, no, this is my story. So, <laughs> okay, um, so we, what can you tell us about the universe where this story, Scars of Shadows, takes place? In many series, at least the good ones, the story world is as much a character as the protagonist and the antagonist. So, what can we expect in this this universe? Uh. It's a world where there's been history and that history is broken, not because it's been forgotten, but because the figures in that history are way too active and nobody's staying dead anymore or next to nobody. Uh, so there's the folklore answers to things, and then there's the actual answers to things, only we get to go ask the people who caused it over here, and that's why they're mad and cursing people. So that's when you say folklore, are you talking about in-universe folklore, or did you actually draw on some real folklore for this? Uh, mostly in-universe folklore. Um, you know, there's always echoes of stuff that you, you have in other stories. Um you know, it, there's always, you know, there's a couple points in the story where there's the notion of, hey, we're looking into this well or this pit or this abyss and it stares back at you, kind of like, you know, those old sayings. Um, but there's a, uh, a flashback story that, that keeps recurring about the, the first time that Serena encountered anyone who was cursed and it's when she got cursed and there's, there was her and two of her friends have had a uh, had a fortress that they were trying to protect. You know, very snowy, beautiful landscape, and the mountains and the hills are alive with the sounds of uh, screaming, undead, undead armies, and screaming. Yes, 
Way to point, paint a beautiful picture and then destroy it. That's what I do. So this uh, story, Scars of Shadow, is clearly part of a series because you've said so. It says so on Amazon. And the blurb says it. Well, there'll be 12 novels in this in this series. But um, you've, you're now said you're writing a sci-fi story. So will there be more from these characters? Or so where, where do you see this going? Um, I have a few ideas of exactly where uh, this setting will go. Um, it's one of those I want to try to measure it out right because it it's it's what I I'm trying to do for for this you know the crazy set of fandom that that I'm you know at the edge of you know those who like gaming but don't necessarily you know want the stat out lit RPG you know hats off to anybody who who does stat all that out because that's that's not easy. Um, but I uh, I have a few places where I wanted to go. Uh, one of it I have sort of a almost seven samurai kind of uh, story in the setting. Um, I have a not quite prequel that says how the curse started um, with with the one who started it all in their crazy dark domain and realm of shadows and such. Um, uh, it, it's it's one of those things that it's I, I'm big on really broken crazy stuff and this is probably the setting that dwells the most on really broken crazy stuff so whenever I get a really insane thought that that's that that's that's where I'll start pumping this into okay so avoid the happy pills until you write the story and then you can take your happy pills um. It's a different kind of happy pill. Yeah. <laughs> bourbon? Is it the bourbon? Oh, no, no, no. I need something even crazier than bourbon. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about, see, we really got to get that uh, that mead company to sponsor us. We talk about our, our drink of choice every so often. Or a coffee company. That would be good, too. A coffee company would be great. Yes. I mean, right, especially, God. especially with the background, you would think it would be a coffee company would be racing to, to sponsor you. Yeah, we, we're going to have to work on that. Doc, get the emails going. Yeah, start the phone yeah. tree. Jr. <laughs> Jr. I have a forty-hour-a-week job and I'm a single parent. Go away. I, I just like to give her new tasks just to watch her freak out, and then she gets mad at yeah. me and she generally calls me to you. I just stick his mother on him. She's done that too, but I take that as freaking out and I win. So, yeah. Your standards are so off. Anyways, we take our victories where we can find them. Absolutely. He, he gets there it. You, there you go. You found, <laughs> you found a common soul in this one. So, uh, but back to our literary universe of choice. So, every universe has its own internal rules technology or even magic has its own rules <laughs> what sort of magic can we expect in this universe uh there's a couple of things going on with magic one of them is um a kind of a self a self-empowerment sort of magic that looks more standard and oh i'm gonna shoot a a magical ray or something like that or I'm going to take some deeper part of my life energy and, and look into the future or the past or something like that. Then there's also this other magic that works off of the coins that these witches are rewarded with for doing a good job. And for every one that you have, you can actually make this well. You can restore yourself with one, or you could even make a well to serve as a rejuvenating pool. Fountain of youth for those who are cursed and don't want to go crazy. Um, Just saying, sanity is overrated. Right. JR has Wait, very little left. What he has that? to say this. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> All right, you, you only said it to the other voices. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh. So, of all the magic in your universe, is there any that you would want to have here? You're like, I will take this one magic, this one spell, or this one 
methodology and bring it with me. Uh, I think I want the coins because the coins, you, you have to actually do something good and helpful to get them. Well, that's always nice. And the rewards from them are very, very strong and very powerful. Um, of course, something really bad has to happen for you to go to fix to get them in the first place. No, like you said, that's just a little minor detail. So how would you abuse having this magic coin? Oh, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, brand new healthcare system. There you go. <laughs> so how did you come up with the idea for the magic coin, the way you did it? Uh, so in the first Dark Souls game, whenever you go into another world and help somebody out, you're given a, uh, a medallion. So, oh, okay, it, so straight from the game, okay. It's it, it is straight from the game, except I really, really twisted it. <laughs> so for for obviously I'm not familiar with the game. So if someone is who's not familiar, could they read this and be like, oh, this is just a good story, or do they have to know the the game stuff? Oh, oh. you you can you can read this and and not know anything about what what I'm inspired by. Now, if somebody who was aware of the game and they read this, are they gonna be like, ah, oh, I see what he did there, or is it more subtle? At times, yes, and at times, no. I mean, okay. at times it's going to be subtle, and at times it'd be like, oh, this is... Why was he playing a stupid magic user? They, they, they suck. <laughs> okay. I can dig it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... You know, I, I took the inspiration. I mean, and a lot of the things that have inspired me before I was ever playing those games, I, I found out, hey, that, that inspired them too, so... It, it's the you know a constant merry-go-round of everybody inspires and everybody else um at the end of the day i have to be able to tell it and it's a, have to tell a story in a way that anybody can grab it read it and enjoy it because if i didn't well then nobody's gonna grab it read it or enjoy it okay all right doc now that i've interrupted you thoroughly you can go back to your regularly scheduled questions JR, it's a good thing you're special. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about how you would abuse the magic, but and you've talked about some of the creatures, but were there any fantastical creatures in this series that you went about designing kind of on your own? Or is it all the game and folklore? Put it all, all the creatures is where I went crazy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So how did you go about doing your creature design? Some people start because they're like, I need something that does X. Some people are like, I just got some food poisoning one night, you know? Um, I go in part of where they are, what they're inspired by, or not inspired by, what they're influenced by. Um, and then I start playing ecologist and biologist because I have a degree in those things. But I think that really but, always makes a much more believable character if or a creature if you have some logical explanation, even if it's just rudimentary biology. Yeah, yeah it, it's, I mean, it's slapdash nightmare fuel creature by, by a, you know, magical influence. But at the same time, it's also, okay, which of these elements really work together? Can I actually give a spider a lamprey mouth so i'm just saying if no if a, no spiders if you went to talk to your therapist as you are writing this book on a scale of zero to padded cell how bad would you be a uh, padded cell with a straight jacket and the hannibal lecter mask over my mouth <laughs> wow oh he went he went all out okay that makes me want to read for all you people that like that kind of thing now you know what you're playing with all right i think you just sold the book right there sir Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I'll enjoy my freedom from the padded cell for a few minutes longer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just long can... enough to get to the keyboard to write more. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe they'll put the keyboard in the padded cell with him. It'd be hard to do it with in the straight jacket, though. I mean, like you could get the Neuralink. I'm sure Elon Musk will hook you up. Or at least Dragon Software. Ooh, yeah. Dragon I mean... Software is really good. 
there's no way the Neuralink could go wrong and not in its own horror story. <laughs> oh, the kind of thing I would write in science fiction? No, not at all. Yes, I was just thinking that. Yeah. So uh, clearly this interview is winding down. But before we wrap this up, was there anything about Scars of Shadow that we didn't ask that you want to tell us? Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I could give you plenty of links of where to buy it. I mean, you didn't ask about that. Uh, well, you we did got ask that it. link in your social media. We we do have <laughs> uh, your Amazon page. Is this a wide story or is it only on Amazon? Oh, no, it's wide. It's wide. Uh, okay. Yep. All right. Well, I, then I, I'll, I'll have to make a point of starting to look for people other than Amazon. So Doc will be happy. I'll list their like Barnes and Noble page or something. Nookie. Yeah. I love, I, I love feeding my nook. Okay. Yeah. The, I, uh, the, I, I am, I am also a former Barnes and Noble employee. So. See? Okay. So, so my one problem with, uh, with the other sites is a lot of them, they're tech. Like you don't just get a landing page for the author. So you can go, I like this author. Let me go through everything. And it makes it more difficult in this format to link to them. You know, sure. you would be getting a gobbledygook link. That's like everything that they've got that comes up on a search engine. You're right. Which is frustrating. I know. That's why we put your website on there. However, maybe you two can like put your going to a bookstore. Maybe you two can put your Barnes and Noble secret decoder rings together and together you can get them to update their website. You think you could do that for me, Doc? Do you know how annoying I am when I get intellectual lockjaw on a concept? (laughs) (laughs) I think market makers just capitulate because it's faster. So now when they update the website, we will all send thank you letters to, to Doc and we will we will just move on. She says pay her in booze. All right. No, they can pay me in books and Ooh, coffee. That's even better. Barnes yeah. and Noble has a cafe. They do. Isn't that that's, just Starbucks that they sell? That spinach quiche. No, they spell that spinach quiche and the cheesecake and the coffee. That's all I need for life. And books. All right. It's good to know. If you want to bribe Doc to get on the show, send her spinach quiche, coffee, and cheesecake coupons. That work, not ones you wrote yourself. All right, so before we let you go. homemade items. I mean, as long as you pay up, I have a brother. He can taste test for me. Okay, so if your brother drops dead, you know know you're not the eater. Okay, I got you. I see what you're doing. So I would like to remind you, dear listener, that once you read this book, to please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. So do the thing. And if you can't renew it on or review it on Amazon because you bought it on Barnes & Noble, review it there. If you can't figure out how to work their 1980s website, then hey! you can go to Goodreads. There were no websites in the 1980s. That's a 1990s That's website. Come on. Thank you. All right. All right. If you can't review it there, go to Goodreads or BookBub or any of the other places. And if you really can't figure those out, start your own website and review it there and share it with all the peoples. And I bet authors will throw books at you just to get you to review them on your website. Yeah. And uh, so that that's our uh, daily public service announcement. Uh, Doc is going to shoot me for all my insults to Barnes & Noble. So if I'm not here next week, you know, send a search party. Doc murdered me. With that out of the way, uh, Lynn, can you tell listeners how they can find you on the wild, wild interwebs? <laughs> sure. Um, well, I mean, my website, as mentioned, uh, it's Lynn, L-E-N, dash, Barry, B-E-R-R-Y, dot com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Worlds of Lynn. Instagram, it is, because I had to do the spelling differently for the, the whole Somebody was camping on all my on my titles, of course. Um, my my website has has all my social medias on it, though. Um, yeah, l e n dash b e r r y dot com. You'll find me. Yep, and all of his links that I link on the um, on the show notes. Wow, I can talk much. I promise. Uh, I actually grabbed right from his website. He was one of the easiest authors to track down. I didn't even have to break out my um, black belt in stalking. I mean, research, show research. So you'll have no problem with that website, finding him on all the places. And uh, if you're so inclined, he has a Patreon where you can support him and see what he's doing before it uh, before it goes live to the world. So, mm-hmm. so you get the inside scoop. You can find us on our Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email a doc at blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. Blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. 
send all the hate mail to Lynn Barry at Blasters and Blades Podcast. Don't do that. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fodder for his next book. It'll be like tax deductible or something. Uh, you can join us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen at uh, facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades Podcast. Facebook.com backslash groups backslash Blasters and Blades Podcast. We have our website, anchor.fm backslash Blasters, Tech and Tech Blades. uh, Anchor.fm backslash Blasters, Tech and Tech Blades, where you can support us for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help keep the light on. And if it seems like we were a little discombobulated, we were having so much fun, I forgot to follow the program, people. And I wrote the darn thing. So blame Lynn. It's his fault. He was too fun. Uh, And if you want to support the show, you could support it at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast, and we promise I will keep Doc Seska and Nick Garber duly caffeinated. They will drink until their bladder explodes. What? How's that for a twist? And, and if you, you like to lend so much, his Patreon is in there. You could support him too. He likes money. Mm-hmm. I do. And coffee. His, his, his panda needs treats. Oh, yes. He loves apples. He also loves coffee. Who doesn't love coffee? All right, Doc, you get to bring it home. And I know I messed you up by changing up the ending. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber, the uh, I want to try and be mischievous J.R. Handley, who fails. I'm Seska. This was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back same time, same place next week torturing jr indulging our love of nerd culture cheesy jokes and of course all things that go boom